0: I'm so heavy. heavy, heavy in your arms. I'm so heavy. Hello, my fellow Brappentonians, and welcome to Brap Talk. This is a weekly, definitely still a weekly. Very much weekly. So fucking weekly. Like, technically weekly at this All point. All up in your week. So many weeks. Podcast where we discuss the happenings of the motorcycle industry. I am your host, Jensen Beeler of Asphalt and Rubber, and joining me on this two-wheeled adventure, the hot sauce to my tasty burrito, mom, 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 mom. Mr. Shaheen Omani
1: You know, I got to tell you, one of my favorite times to ride with you is when you're hangry. <laughs> because I have never <laughs> seen a large machine such as the BMW R18 slash 2 first edition hustle. It got a little slide ways. Got a little slide ways. <laughs> uh, a couple of times you hit some hard parts uh, going through a couple of those curves and the uh, yeah. <laughs> I you could almost. I wish my my Aprilia could talk because I could have sworn it was like, is he supposed to do
0: that? <laughs> um, so if it comes back without a kickstand, some shit happened. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. Kickstand's fine. It's just all foot pegs. Those foot
1: it pegs re- are gonna be ground down a bit. It
0: really hits the foot pegs. It, it really, really hits it hard.
1: When I rode it you yeah. just you just kind of like you're like uh, 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 there it is and they just lean into it and clonk um
0: yeah yeah we uh we, we <laughs> i was supposed to i was supposed to go take you out for hamburgers yeah i do some burgers mm-hmm. that place isn't open hit the spot isn't open on mondays apparently it's killing me smalls which is like a very it's a very portland food experience where it's like oh it's like two o'clock during a weekday i want to get some lunch now we're closed mm,
1: yeah sorry you should have been there at 145 because they're open from 130 to 145
0: my local my neighborhood taco place closed on tuesdays
1: How? do you even go there anymore i, I do mean, you go across town now i do burritos. go across
0: town a lot but every now and then they they do a really good crunchy taco oh wait like taco bell style way
1: better but i mean that's really the only crunchy taco i know of really yeah, I mean, I've been to Mexico and there was no crunchy tacos.
0: Tex Mex, mo, Tex Mex, mm. not 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 Mex Mex, Tex Mex, Mex um, Mex. Yeah, there's like Del Taco does a crispy taco. <laughs> you know, <laughs>
1: I'm not I don't really considering consider Del Taco. <laughs> Here's my taco. Uh, uh, taco time does it. <laughs> my, my taco logistics are basically like street food and Taco Bell.
0: That's really it. That's fair. I think I'm pretty similar. So, I mean, uh, Del Taco
1: doesn't enter my
0: No, I never, map. I, I truly have never really lived near a Del Taco. I've probably had Del Taco twice in my life.
1: I probably have had it once or twice. Yeah.
0: Anyways. Uh, never I have remembered it. Neighborhood Taco Place does a good good crunchy taco. We can go there sometime.
1: We did really good today. We only ate a burrito each. Oh, my God. There was, Why, nearly, well, was, a there was nearly a quesadilla incident.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was a whole, whole thing. Then we stopped and you got a Fanta. Look at you. I do, I love Orange Fanta. This is like one of my favorite things. You're so Iranian right now. I
1: am so ethnic. It's not even funny. Yeah. I love Fanta. Orange Fanta, Fanta, Fanta. <laughs> don't you want a Fanta Fanta? I do. I do want the Fanta Fanta. That's what I would say every time it came on back in the nineties. Yes, I do. Please.
0: So we rode some bikes uh recently, Shaheen. That's we did. what I want to talk to you we today did. about. That's that's I don't have a lot of bullet points here. Yeah. It's just really like talking about bikes.
1: You know, that's a, that's a thing that you and I do once in a while. We talk about bikes. Hmm.
0: And sometimes we do it weekly. So you finally got your foot cast off. I did. You're able for to, now. to do the two wheeled activities. I am for now, which means you're finally able to get on the BMW R18 slash two first edition, first edition slash grind all the parts off. She a big girl. She's, <laughs> but so tell me your thoughts. Cause, cause, I think, was it last show or two shows ago? We, we kind of had like my thoughts on it. Right. And I want to hear Shaheen Alvandi,
1: oh, wait, the, Master this, of the this, Universe. This is the regular guy uh, review. I'm just, I'm just a regular old dude. Um, I like that bike a lot. I like it a lot, a lot. Like for a cruiser, I like it a lot. Yeah. Okay. It's, um, I, I will definitely go back to what I was thinking before. And I, I double down to my original statement of it directly competes with the Harley uh, Softail Slim. Okay. Very much same style. You you sit a little more, uh, I dare call it standard seating position with your feet sort of more yeah. under you than in front of you, but because that, there's a giant engine sticking out both sides. Huge. Which, by the way, if you ever want to get highway bars, don't. Just put your feet up. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I saw you doing that. I was like, he's going to melt his pants. <laughs> no, it's actually not
1: very warm. It, that, that thing is shockingly cold. Really? I was actually surprised. I was like...
0: Will I feel this? Will
1: I feel this? It I was especially like. cold that day. That it one. was a we we yeah. were out in like we a 99 degree foggy, pretty day. I got a nice picture of the bike. It you looked did. good. It was very moody. Um. So my thoughts. Um. Amazing lump of a tractor motor between your legs. There. Um. It does not particularly love being revved over 3,000 rpm. No. I know it'll go more. Yeah. But its sweet spot is right under three grand. It's really smooth. Lots of torque. You don't really need to go above 3,000 unless you're, I don't know, just you got to pass that 118 wheelie really bad, I guess. You only go over
0: 3,000 if, if you forgot to shift.
1: But I mean, I took it up to 100 miles an hour.
0: Butterson on the, closed roads. On
1: closed roads at the ra- racetrack uh, with uh, ambulances at the ready, fully geared. Actually, that last part's true. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> But it was, it was great. It's just the trick is to shift it right around 3000 RPM. And it's funny because it doesn't really have a tachometer. You can, you can fiddle the little menu switch to where it shows you kind of a digital readout of what the RPMs are. Yeah. But you don't need it. You can feel the bike going into this crazy high frequency vibration. If you go past 3000 RPM, but if you keep it under that smooth as butter and somehow or another, maybe it's cause I'm used to riding bikes like that from my previous life, but like at 80 miles an hour cruising, I was comfy up there. It's fine. I didn't really think I needed, it's not a bike I do a cross country with, but definitely for, you know, just what it's made for, which is kind of bar hopping or going from, you know, from here to the coast or your favorite little spot. It's fine. It doesn't love the tight twisties, but again, not made for that. But, you know, you kind of get it leaning into a nice little wavy road. It's nice and lazy, just kind of lugs along, does its thing, looks good, does not like sharp bumps. But again, not a whole lot of room for suspension on that thing. It kind of, it puts all the, <laughs> the jarring effect of a sharp bump right up your spine. Yeah. Somebody had asked on Instagram, you know, is it comfortable? It eh, depends on your idea of comfort. I think it is for what it is. It's very comfortable, but.
0: Depends on how much your state legislature is invested all in its right. infrastructure. Uh, you
1: know, this, this, this bike might be a good reason why you start going to town hall meetings and talk about your roads. Um, but. Just sweet transmission. It shifted. It shifts really nicely, which is kind of uh, you know in line with BMW's other boxer twins. They they have a real nice smooth transmission on them. Uh, I will tell you this much though, man. Anytime I would rev match to downshift on that thing, the whole bike just does that little shimmy thing, and it's you know like like the whole thing just kind of shifts itself to the left every time you rev it.
0: Yeah, it's What's a that? feature, not a bug. Yeah, it's good for left hand turns. Yeah,
1: exactly. Very good for left hand turns. Um, the brakes suck. Brakes do suck. I don't actually know what other (laughs) way of putting it. I kept trying to think of like, how can I put this nicely for our listeners and our friends at BMW? No, no, they suck. And it's not like, it's just there's no feel to them at all. There's no
0: feel, there's no power. There's just nothing. Nothing.
1: There's plenty of brakes there. If you look at the hardware, there's lots of brakes there. Yeah. But it just doesn't feel like it's quite, I feel like maybe a um, switch to different brake pad might solve that issue. But right out of the box, I was not that impressed. Um how many miles have you put on? Because I, I rode it that day for like thirty, forty miles.
0: Uh I think I've put like three hundred miles on it so far. Okay,
1: so the brakes aren't like,
0: you know they're, they're, they're seated at this point. They're, they're, yeah, they're they should be good to go. Right.
1: They uh-huh. work. They just get don't give you any feedback. But again, it's not a feedback kind of motorcycle. You and I are looking at this bike through the lens of a sport slash sport touring rider.
0: That's the hardest thing. Right. That's the thing that um I keep having to come back to. But I, I I don't think we're being picky about the brakes. I think the brakes are genuinely yeah, bad. They're just genuinely I
1: will tell you this much, and I think you've experienced it more than I have. But you weren't kidding. As soon as you come to a halt, and somebody's there, they want to talk about the bike. Yeah, there's a guy on a bicycle.
0: <laughs> guy just stopped in a crosswalk. The guy's crossing the
1: you know this highway crosswalk on his bicycle, and he basically comes to a halt, and he's like, "That is beautiful. What is that? That is amazing." <laughs> so it's like, all right, all right, that's cool. So if you're looking for a conversation on a
0: an a icebreaker. She'll do the job. If you're a dude that wants to meet other dudes, this is definitely the bike. This is the bike for you. You'll cool. do it. You're going to meet a lot of dudes with this bike.
1: I still want to go to the local Harley shop and grab a soft tail slim and ride it back to
0: back. Does it matter how they are back to back riding wise? Like this is, this is the thing that's so tough. And I was having science, this conversation earlier. I mean, yeah, for science, for our own posterity, for, for talking about right. on the podcast. Sure. But like in terms of whether or not the r18 is going to be successful in the marketplace and if you as a buyer should buy one or a harley you know like i don't know how much actually the riding experience factors into that which Um, is such a bizarre thing to me
1: here's the other thing that i would love to do some research on pricing because i think this is more expensive than that harley
0: oh i got the i had the harley up on my screen a second ago this is just around 20. Um, oh, then they're
1: about the same. I thought this was 24 for some reason.
0: No, even when you kit it out, it's like, I think you get, it's between like 19 and 21 depending on what okay. little options they're you... pretty
1: much equal in pricing, I do. think. Um, I... I will tell you this much. I I sold Harleys for a long time, and and I think the Slim might be one of my favorite bikes because it's just such an old classic, cool looking bike. It's another one of those conversation pieces. And for those of you listening, know well, that bike is the Slim starts at sixteen
0: thousand. Shane.
1: Ooh, I always thought the Slim was around because all the ones that we sold were around twenty grand, kind of kitted out.
0: So. Yeah, maybe there's like a there's like a button here. For purchase. I think there's
1: like different engine mo- uh, uh variations now. You can get like a hundred and fourteen inch engine on an S model, maybe.
0: That sounds right it definitely says starting at
1: starting at yeah BMW always says starting out as well but whoever buys that um I if I was going to spend my hard-earned dollars on a cruiser of that style I would probably pick that beamer i think yeah. it's got a lot I think it's got a lot more personality I think it's got a lot of nice tech behind it And I mean, uh, that motor is just such a cool, like I can envision team Ann and I riding that thing together and like going to the coast or something. She would love it. Oh, she would absolutely love it. I just maybe got to shift it after 3000 RPM. (laughs) Is this appropriate? (laughs) (laughs) What kind of podcast? (laughs) What kind of podcast? Yeah, I liked it a lot. I think I think it's a beautiful bike. I'm curious to see more of them on the road and see if it'll take off. Because, you know, obviously, anytime a manufacturer does something like this, what they're doing is they're doing a conquest, right? So they're trying to grab ridership from other brands and bring them to theirs. So in this case, we're going to go ahead and call it Harley and or Indian uh, or your other real, you know, big cruiser options. Sure. Um, So, you know, that's who they're trying to bring in. So, you know, even if they grab a single digit percentage from the Harley ridership to BMW with this thing, I'm curious to see what that'll do. You know, are we going to see more of these on the road? Or are there going to be lots of cool options for them out there? Are people going to kit them out? They would any other cruiser? Or is it going to be like that, you know, typical BMW rider who's a lot more sort of technically focused as opposed to looks focused? Mm. But again, if it was my money and I was going to spend 20 grand on a low slung, low and slow, big lump motor cruiser, I'd, I'd take this over the Harley. Interesting. And I love I love that Harley. That Harley was my number one pick in that sort of, you know, old school looking cruiser segment. But this beamer really, really I enjoyed everything that it kind of does. It it does a really good job and it's got a lot of character for a German bike, which is not something I always say about German vehicles.
0: What are the what are the top three highlights of this bike for you? What are your three favorite aspects of it?
1: Oh man, I hate to sound so petty, but looks for sure. Yeah. Because I, I think when it comes to that style of motorcycle, you're just making a style statement. You're not really saying I'm buying this because it's a utilitarian vehicle. It's not.
0: Isn't that every motorcycle though? Not. A, I mean, not I, a, didn't, every... I didn't buy my Street Fighter because I thought. Well, yeah,
1: right. You know, like, I mean, there are certain bikes. You got like your adventure touring bikes that are a lot more like the SUVs of the motorcycle world. But yeah, I think you're right. Most
0: bikes, like my Aprilia or your Street Fighter or the Hyper, they're not there for. I think that's every bike, and even like even like the ugly bikes. I think you buy it. <laughs> This is sounds so weird. I think you buy it because it's ugly. Parentheses. What you're really trying to do is, I'm buying something that's so fucking utilitarian. Right. right. I don't even care how it looks because it's just, <laughs> it's just a tool for There's me to like uh, It's and, made for a
1: job only.
0: Yeah. But, um, but it's that same thing. Like that's the aspiration. When it's like, yeah, I bought that bike. It's just a tool. I only drive it to coffee places. All right. even the ones that are farkled to
1: hell and back yeah at least with a cruiser like that you're not even trying to make up a story about all the things you do on it like no this thing sits super low i can't really go anywhere other than
0: yeah i got like a you know just up the street the smoothest path possible it's like listen it's like an acorn and two walnuts over here so (laughs) i bought a motorcycle i bought a harley
1: (laughs) um so i would say the looks definitely um it really it really did something every time i see that bike it does something to me i like it i like what it how it looks, and its presence that it mm-hmm. has. That's one. That's one. Um, can I say it's got good personality? Does that go with its looks? Because I think it's got a no, cool personality. No, I think those are two different things. Yeah, I think it's got a neat personality. Just, uh,
0: you know... <laughs> read some books. It's read some dinner books. Parties. It's, it's, it's been around
1: <laughs> a little bit. Like, you know, this is, the, this is the, the child of parents who have traveled a lot. You know, it was probably homeschooled a bunch. Oh, uh, you know, it went to cool... Uh, African safaris and whatnot in their travels, and it got to see the world a little bit and uh, decided it wanted to be a cruiser <laughs> um i think it's got a I think it's got a lot of personality. I love watching it sit there and wag its head back and forth when it's just idling um and it's just that big motor, and honestly, I think you know right along there, the third thing for me is the motor I love that motor it's just this big, lazy lump of a motor it it makes you think differently about how you want to ride this thing you're suddenly in less hurry. Unless you're very hungry and your name is Jensen, uh, you just kind of ease up on it. It makes you ride differently. It makes you kind of look around and enjoy what's happening around you. You're not, you know, on this high-strung machine. I really, it's it's like having a giant diesel motor underneath you. You're not really revving it out too much. Uh, it's got a ton of torque, and now that we know how to turn off the traction control, it, I bet it does bitching burnouts.
0: Yeah, that was a pretty pretty big game changer right there. Yeah, thanks, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um one of the things i find interesting about this bike you talked about the character of the motor i agree with you but i feel like the r18 is right on that razor's edge of having personality and, being and annoying <laughs> and being annoying and unrefining you know, i talked about like it's just like there's two badgers in there and they're chasing a ball right. and every time you give it more gas it's like just more balls are going in there and the badgers are getting more excited and they're rumbling around and then it's but yeah, four thousand rpms comes along and it's just fucking mma style WWF. Oh, geez, it's just a bloodbath from the top rope um because it is it does have a lot of character you, you turn it on it almost it almost falls back over and you you see it wag at the the stoplight, and you can feel it very viscerally through the chassis as you're right. revving through it. Like you're saying, like you don't need a tachometer. And I think like the only saving grace to all that is when you're on the freeway doing like 65 plus, 65 to 80. Right. You don't you don't get into that that buzzy reviness too much.
1: That's what that bike's the happiest. Just yeah. cruising. It's a true cruiser. Yeah. It's like a giant beach cruiser. You're not gonna go that fast. You're not gonna do anything wild or crazy on there. You're just gonna grin because you're riding this big obnoxious statement that I spent $20,000 on this single
0: purpose, you know, machine. I think, I think it's like the, that we all have that one friend that like at the party, like they're the loud one. It's the one that brings the guitar, isn't it? That brings the guitar, but knows how to play it really well. But, but it's gotta be about them. It's like, I brought the guitar. So you're going to listen to me play the guitar later. And it's like, yeah, you're really good at the guitar and I like listening to you play it, but you're also kind of annoying about it. And that's that's where I think like the BMW is like like if you could just leave the guitar at home, I think I'd be a little bit better off with. it.
1: You got it. plenty to give us without the guitar, man. Just leave the case. You got a home. great
0: personality. You tell a good well, story. But okay, if I can't bring the guitar, can I bring the
1: ukulele? You're it's try- Oh
0: fuck that! No, the ukulele is worse. Come on, bro. It's smaller. You don't even notice it's there. Oh, you're so right about it. It's like it's like a friend that brings a guitar to the party. Right? It totally is.
1: But it's like it's really good at it, and it tells a lot of good jokes, and kind of like them. But you wish you would probably knock off the guitar thing once in a while.
0: You can just be like, hey, bud, it's just not always about you. Yeah. That's where I think that bike needs to be. Like, it's not not annoying yet, but you could be. Like, if I was if I was a little hangry, if I didn't sleep well last night, if I got forgot some shit to do, I might be a little a little ruffled by. Would you um how uncouth it is? I'm I, I
1: really 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 wish they would they would have given you one with an exhaust or maybe like tell you oh, to bring yeah. it. I kind of want to hear what that thing sounds like because it's super plugged. Yeah, corked. That's the word I'm looking for. Corked, corked, corked. It's all corked up. It's a little. It's got a little got a little cork upper exhaust pipe yeah because it, again it's meant to be this flashy friend
0: who plays the guitar but the fucking guitar is missing its strings i do feel like that would wake the neighbors up that, that i mean 1800 cc twin i think it won't be loud i think it'll be like rumbling I, like, yeah, just, like people will hear bass and don't know where it's coming from yes you'll be sitting off car alarms right with it.
1: or you might it's all yeah. bass Dogs are oh, howling base. far away. They don't know why.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the migrational patterns Seismic of are going off changing. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so
1: everyone's thinking the big one's coming. No, no, it's just my Beamer. I just fired it up, guys. I'm trying to warm it
0: up. Oh, or especially for Oregonians because they're so funny about earthquakes.
1: <laughs> you know, it's the thing. Whatever. Some of us have uh, water purifiers in the back of our cars because we think something's going to happen. Hashtag T-Man. <laughs> 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 um that right there. Mm, um, so I really like it a lot. I'll tell you what I don't like about it, aside okay. from the brakes. Uh-oh. Um, Buckle up. The, the bike has a very, uh, and this kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with its personality, it is a lazy motorcycle. Um, it doesn't like braking, and also I feel like the clutch engagement yeah. So I almost stalled it twice and I'm like, how am I stalling this giant torquey yeah. machine? It should just go. Yeah. You let go of the throttle and the bike seems unsure like are you sure you want to do this thing? There seems to be a disconnect between when I pull the throttle uh, pull on the throttle and let go of the clutch. It waits like another second. Like I feel like they need to tighten that. There's a there's a little something missing in that left-hand engagement.
0: I feel like there's two things going on there. One, I think that hydraulic actuator, the the clutch isn't very good, just mm-hmm. like the hydraulic actuator for the brake isn't very good the, the master cylinders on right. both of those are are just not very good master cylinders like no. i just i just I, remember, I would love just put like a brembo rcs <laughs> or something just just something proper just like you know a radial pump does, does um you, does the cruiser have a brembo brake on yeah mm-hmm. okay well you know when we saw the one at the one show it had brembo brakes it on. did that's what i want that
1: that bike that was such a pretty bike
0: yeah um but also, I think because the motor is so riff-raffy and, and lumpy. Lumpy right. is probably the word I want. Lumpy it's is very the very lumpy. Yeah. I think it's because it's so lumpy, it's hard to get a good engagement because you're kind of just coming in between these two huge power pulses. Um, and there's not a lot of. I
1: mean, the Harley motor is not. I think it's about the same size. The 114 cubic inch motor. And it, and it engages it's got a lot more positive engagement on I cannot believe I'm saying this it has it has better positive <laughs> engagement on startup
0: yeah i i think it's i don't think it's necessarily just a piston thing i think it's also where it is on the crankshaft the crank pin and all that right just the timing of the pulses i feel mm-hmm. like cuz i've i've had that same experience with you cuz it it's a motor that's totally fine just rumbling along at 900 to 1000 Maybe you want to keep it a little bit higher but right. it's it's okay at you know, a thousand RPMs, but you really do have to like give it a lot more gas than that to get a smooth launch from this, from Which a stop sign. Which doesn't make sense
1: for such a big torquey motor.
0: And I think it's just, I think it's just how the power pulses are. It's a very strange thing. Hmm. Um, you're absolutely right in, in feeling that though, cause I, f- I felt it too. Um, it's not bad. I just, I just feel like I'm giving it way more gas at a stop sign than it actually needs. Yeah. But what I really don't want to do is have that thing stall. And have to like catch, you know, 800 pounds of
1: of gnarliness. It is a large machine as most of these things are. One of our listeners on Instagram made a comment that, you know, they're asking between this or that Honda Goldwing. Oh, bagger. FB bagger thing.
0: Yeah, I wasn't quite sure if they were talking about the Honda Goldwing, which is the non backseat version of the Goldwing, or if they're talking about the F6B which is something they did with the previous generation. It might, I mean, they're even, more or less the same bike. might still be offered. They're very much very close to the same bike. Um, and it's interesting. Like,
1: I I could see from their perspective what they mean by they're more or less the same bike, but I disagree. They're not at all the same bike. They're vastly different. One's like a touring, sport touring wannabe type of bike, which is more like a BMW K1600. Uh, what are the big ones called?
0: Yeah, the K1600 GT GTL.
1: Well, so the, the, I think the K1600 GT and GTL are like are the sport touring version, but they have a bagger version where you put your feet forward, and it's a lot more like the Goldwing.
0: Yeah, you're talking about the B, the BMW K1600 Grand America. This is, this is what it looks like.
1: That's the one. Because you can get that without the top case, too, just like the Goldwing. Yeah. And so I feel like the Goldwing fits more in line with that bike.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Six-cylinder, kind of same
0: styling. I saw that comment, and I saw your comment, too, and I think... I think you're both right. Um, cause you look at, you look at the R18, it's a cruiser. Right. You look at a Goldwing, it's not a cruiser. Right. But both bikes have that really low transverse engine. I would say the riding experience is very similar. Do you think it, so? Just in terms of, I mean, the motors are very different. The character is very different. The, the, the technologies are very different. Like they're very different bikes, but I have that same thing where like, this is a big girl. But she's got some hustle. Right. She's got some torque. It's actually pretty fun on the street. They, they both they both kind of surprise you in kind of like how peppy they are, how sporty they they can be at least in a straight line. Mm-hmm. Um So I get that part of it.
1: Because yeah, I, to me, it's like comparing a SUV versus a, you know, minivan. They're both big, heavy family hauling machines, but you know, one can go off-road and do things, one can go I guess you can do it on a minivan too if you're like that.
0: I don't know what the I don't know what the car metaphor would be. I can't think of one off the top of my head. It's
1: like a it's like a 18-wheeler versus a box truck. You know, they're both kind of the same but not. <laughs> I think they're vastly different machines. I, I I don't even think the writing experience is the same because a Goldwing is is so much more fine-tuned. It's it's designed to sort of, you know, be like the perfect machine. Whereas this, this motorcycle, the BMW R18, <laughs> is just designed to be a cruiser. It's just designed to be a big, fat, like, lazy cruiser. It's
0: intentionally made not to be right. the perfect machine. I mean, they've
1: they've taken away all uh, input from that bike. You don't get to feel how the brakes feel. You don't get to feel what the clutch is going to do. It doesn't really make sharp turns. doesn't stop that quickly. It doesn't take off that quickly. But
0: Wait, which bike are you talking about right now? The BMW. Okay.
1: Whereas the Gullwing, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but somebody I know took it to the racetrack.
0: yeah. I mean, they both have some clearance issues. The BMW is way, way worse. That's the only thing. Like if I really understand that I'm not the buyer for this, I would never buy one just because it's not my jam. It's, it's the looks, right? Not into it. Looks wise. Don't want to yeah, ride it's just that. That's not you. You're not a cruiser guy. And just not a cruiser guy. Um, that's not anything wrong with the BMW. That's just, that's a Jensen problem. Um, but if there was a deal breaker for me, it would be that ground clearance. It yeah. would be that lean angle because it's the only, motorcycle that i've ridden were like on the street just kind of like hustling like a 60 like today like i was going like 50 percent shaheen yeah and it's just like but that's like 100 on that bike but it's 100 on that bike and that's the problem where i'm like i'm not really hustling that hard it's not like i'm asking like i took the goal into the track i'm asking way more from what this oh, yeah. bike should be able to do cool novelty. And, and you know it you're like yeah you're on a racetrack you're on a fucking touring bike like of course it's not going to work out so great but on the street, hustling at 50%, I shouldn't have to hold back because of the bike. Like it's the only bike I've ever ridden at that pace where I'm actually holding myself back because I'm like, I'm worried about scraping shit through the turn. And I'm also like we we, we stopped at a 7-Eleven to grab drinks for our burritos. Right. And there's that little lip to get on. Like I generally I, I've I've done that a few times and I'm like, I'm generally concerned that <laughs> yeah, if, I, I, hate, if and, I hit it, yeah, if I hit it head <laughs> on. I'm going to get stuck. And like, uh, that's not a fun thing on a motorcycle. Like, like, like your, your form factor, your design of the bike is actually holding back my fun. And that's an issue. So I need like another, I need like another inch or two in ride height. I just realized
1: what the car equivalent of that bike is. Okay. Tell it to it's me. It's like a 1964 dropped Impala. It's yeah. Just, it's just a slam low rider, man. That's all that is. That's I mean, most of these bikes, that's the whole idea. You're you're low and slow. Here's what I think you should do. I think just for the sake of science, I think after this bike, Harley should give you a long-term, and then like Victory should give you one, and then I don't know, is, is Honda or Kawasaki still making a big cruiser? They should give you one. Just to kind of make you ride these bikes back to no. back so you have an idea of what they're like. No, because they're science, so...
0: They're so fucking big, Jane. They take up so much space in my garage. They take up a lot of space in your garage. You see? Like I just remember taking up more room than the Goldwing did. No, the Goldwing gold, gold definitely took up way more room. But it's not that different, you know. Like I'm fitting four bikes in that spot where it is now. Right. You know, you can't even carry a burrito in a damn thing. You can't actually in your lap. It's perfect. <laughs> it makes like a little. Your legs make like a little bowl. Uh, what does Honda have? That's the
1: Fury. The least furious motorcycle I've ever ridden in my life it's a good looking bike this is a thing it's super dependable it's a honda it's a honda it's just not a furious motorcycle i don't know what they call it the fury it should have just been called the honda layback <laughs> like the honda chill
0: no i'm good not getting another cruiser for a while you sure yeah um i am curious though from your perspective because we saw the r18 classic come out mm-hmm. that's the second kind of model in this in this family which should the third bike be, and what should the fourth bike be
1: are you talking about from the BMW perspective? Yeah, yeah. Hold on. I need to look at the classic real quick. Just to
0: classic. It's got like a windscreen. It's got 16 inch wheel. It's got a different style exhaust and uh, leather bags. But otherwise, it's very oh, similar. I
1: see. So, see, now this is like a Harley Davidson uh, Road King. That's what this looks like. <laughs> okay. I mean, they're straight up going after, after Harley on this bike. There's pull up a Harley, go at Road King and then pull this thing up. They're like, oh, yeah, I see. They're the same bike.
0: Yeah. No, just don't disagree with you there.
1: I think the next one they should do is like just the bad boy bobber version.
0: You don't think the R18 is bobbery enough? I don't know.
1: This doesn't look bad. Like I want like flat bars on it. Okay. Kind of hot rod looking. Like one that makes you want to do burnouts all day. So okay. So it looks like it. Like I'd be into that one. Just like a drag style. Think like, um. oh man, this is going to date me. Think like Yamaha Roadstar Warrior. Like wider rear tire on it. Like a 280. Ooh. i mean it doesn't <laughs> turn anyways might as well
0: it's true i mean like when you have like a 10 degree lean angle clearance like what the fuck who cares put a put a fucking truck tire on there
1: i mean here it is this is somebody's iteration of it right like that yeah but like more i don't know more bad boy looking because hmm. you know the next thing that's probably going to happen is uh what do people call in the cruiser world the the, the bat wing front end yeah, I can see them doing the that. Like going straight train. for the Harley Street Glide.
0: I do think that's the next one. I think the next bike in the iteration is like a full that, on like like a touring full
1: One that can handle yeah. being on the highway for days, forever.
0: Yeah. Put a radio on it though, please. Some speakers. I want to listen to my Taylor Swift. Oh,
1: I bet that'll. I bet that's next. If I was going to put my money on realistically, what's going to be next? Probably one with a hard front fairing, speakers, yeah. six and a half inch touchscreen BMW uh tft screen on it
0: that dash should be on every bike i, agree. I, I, was, I was having this, this conversation with someone the other day i'm like just put that dash on every bike
1: it's interesting though that because bmw has some of the most technologically advanced bikes out there and then this thing is just so back to the basics
0: it's very back to it's a little too back to the basics in my i think opinion. that's what
1: i like about it though i think that's part of the personality that i was trying to describe earlier it's sort I of think, a basic
0: bike i think uh i think they could have done a little bit better on that hard guard I I like, I like the concept. I like what they're doing. Like the, the, the single round dash. Right. Keep it minimal. It's just the, I would have made the, the analog, the tack. Right. And I would have made the digital, the speedometer. And I would have gotten something that wasn't just. A liquid crystal display that looks like a watch i bought in the 1990s you know something that's a little bit more polished that something that makes me feel like like rolex got called up halfway through like hey we need to make some cool some cool shit here can you send one of your swiss guys over and we'll do do, 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 something to make that twenty thousand dollars look like twenty thousand dollars exactly that's my only little thing like i'm paying 20 grand and you're giving me a casio watch right And it's not the cool one with the calculator it's the g-shock Which I guess is like a thing now. Yeah, dude. G-Shocks are all the bipsters that go hiking have those now. Yeah. But they, when I was a kid, like G-Shocks were just like, yeah, you didn't, you didn't take take them to school with you. Um, that's my only like, like kind of little touch field gripe there. It's, yeah, it's interesting.
1: I like it though. I think, um, I'd still spend money on it if I was in that market. I'm just not. Again, we're the wrong. I think typically speaking, we're the wrong people for that crowd. Like in my mind, ready to drink. If I was going to buy that bike, I would probably look at like a ex I oh, see. I, I disagree. It's, I mean, really? I
0: get where, you're, get where you're going with it. I like, see where it's, you're we're, headed.
1: We're in the same dollar amount. It's the same style of riding, right? Feed forward cruiser style, but the oh, bike no. weighs 200 pounds less. It makes way more power, but I'm looking at it wrong. I'm looking at it like a sport bike guy. I just think that bike is fine the way it is, and the only other bike it should really compete with is the the Softail Slim. As soon as you start thinking, well,
0: you know, I could spend money on a VMAX or blah, blah, like you're, you're missing yeah, the point. Yeah, you're, you're in a different nexus. I think you're just totally missing the point. Yeah, I agree with that. For me, I, I don't like the, the XD Oval. It's It's way too uncomfortable for me. Uh, I like the idea behind it. I just, I literally can't ride it for more than 100 miles.
1: I, see, comfort wise, it was the same to me. It's
0: the same bump going straight, you know, the, right up my, yeah, right up the spine. It's the same idea. It's like an alien probe up my spine. Right. Um, I would give that Archer go. The, the Keanu Reeves' bike. Oh, that, but, but that, we're talking way more money now. Yeah, but I mean, who's Oh, if we're just talking about that kind I of I mean, bike? if I'm going down the cruiser route, that's probably where I'm going to land. Yeah. You, you
1: know. know what, my all time, I don't know if a lot of people know this, my all time favorite, sort of like that. Custom motorcycle scene back in the day when it was a thing in the early two thousands mm-hmm. was a company called Confederate. They had one called the, oh, Wraith. Yeah. the Wraith. The Wraith. The Wraith yeah. is to this day probably one of my favorite motorcycle design experiments. I agree. I, I can show what a cool bike.
0: I, can, I totally, totally concur. I think it's one of the most beautiful bikes I've ever made. Yeah.
1: That's if I someday make it to a point in life where I can buy one. You know, it'll be way old by then, but I'll grab it. Yeah. I think it's so damn pretty
0: that's gorgeous carbon fiber single-sided swing arm that backbone i got to ride the
1: um the hellcat yeah back in the day and it was again for the kind of bike that it was it was just like this fire and fury that was a fury
0: so the hellcat for me was always kind of more like a roadster like for me in my head it's always been like a monster right Uh, well honestly when the Diablo first came
1: out i thought hellcat i'm like wow they just made a regular factory confederate hellcat but way less cool. I mean, because it's a regular bike now. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Doesn't have a hard seat made out of carbon fiber that hugs your
0: butt. That literally is like a seat off a tractor. It is. If you've ever seen like a proper tractor yeah. with that like metal pan seat,
1: uh-huh. that's exactly what that is. <laughs> yeah, hit a couple of bumps in that. Let me know how comfortable you are.
0: Yeah. Well, another bike that I think was built for more show than it was go.
1: But man, it went you yeah. know because it you know quote unquote only weighed like 450 pounds and it made 135 like big bore twin horsepower
0: yeah i've that, heard some reliability issues but that's i mean, I mean if yeah you're at, at that price good custom point.
1: cruiser world reliability was not
0: really a especially thing. that point in time. <laughs> right well <laughs> did you get wet on the uh log drop ride <laughs> at the water park <laughs> really tell me more about <laughs> that unbelievable <laughs> um so you got to ride the R18. Yep. And the deal was I was going to get to ride your Tuono.
1: Yeah, but you know, it was acting like a 16-year-old bike. <laughs> somebody, I don't know who,
0: somebody flooded my bike. <laughs> it's the most so things it's are the so most temperamental. Like, Aprilia problem ever. We're sitting there like ready to go, I got all the gear on, and it should be the simple process of just firing it up and just cranking, 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 cranking. cranking. Just crank crank, crank. we cranked like, that thing probably 10 times we were probably there for 5-10 minutes yeah. just trying to get that bike and to then start. finally
1: luckily i work at a bike shop and i took it to my mechanic and he's like oh it's flooded yeah and he fixed it and it fired back up after it's you know blasted like 20 something inch uh fire bombs out of its back end
0: again it's a feature not a bug right um so yeah luckily uh you've had at the uh shop a bike that i have been
1: yeah just you, you just like bikes that are creative ways of getting speeding infractions very interested like move, in moving infractions against you yeah that's
0: um well, tell us s- tell us what you rode jensen so so i got to ride the ktm 690 smcr which is a very interesting bike you wheelied it you don't even like wheeling you wheelied it i did get a little baby wheelie a couple times i was kind of hope you didn't see it oh i saw <laughs> uh I've been, I've been, I I talked to you about this. I've been kind of like, I need another something in the garage, especially with the weather, the way it is. I need something with some traction control, ABS, but also don't care too much about it. Like it's going to get wet. It's going to get dirty. Like good winter running some errands bike. I think ever since the hyper left your
1: life, you've, you've had a hole in your garage. There's
0: been a hole, not in my garage, Shaheen. In my heart, in the garage of your heart, in my heart, my heart garage. Uh, I quite like the Hyper 950. Um, really enjoyed riding that, uh, on uh, the Canary Islands doing that launch. And that's it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good bike, yeah. Um, but well, something I've been eager to try was either this KTM 690 SMCR or the Husqvarna 701 Supermoto because they're basically yeah, the I mean, they're, they're basically siblings they're they just look a little different um and i've gotten to ride the spark balloon 701 which is very similar it's the same motor um so i've been kind of kicking around it's the same motor that's in my kramer i was gonna
1: say you've got the race bike with that motor in it well
0: that's the that's the part that kind of leans towards the ktm's favor where it's like you know if my race motor blew up at a race i'd basically have a spare motor at my house you know there's there's that option there. Uh, a little redundancy for the uh, campaign next year. Uh, you know? Um, so I don't know. But it's an interesting it's an interesting bike because it's there's not a lot of like true super motos for the street. In fact, it's kind of funny today that Kawasaki debuted what they said was five new bikes, what I would argue is really just like one and a half new bikes, yeah, two if you're being really generous. Well, I mean, like the the Z the H2, what was it? H2 ZX, H2 ZR. I forgot if I can call that thing because I just don't care. You know, the
1: naked one with the
0: supercharger. That thing. Naked, naked one, one with the supercharger. Uh, ZH2, yeah. Um, that got updated with like a couple, like just ne- negligible differences. Uh, we got a new ZX10R. Uh, new ZX10RR, but those aren't really new. They're just kind of the old bikes, a little bit more massaged, different fairings. But then they came out with the KLX300 and the KLX300 Supermoto. Right. So you have that. You can kind of do the CRF450L, but you're gonna have to buy some wheels and Supermoto it yourself. But at least it's a you know dual sporty thing of street legal. DRZ400 is like the stalwart of this class. Right. Um, those I would say are more on the utilitarian side. And then you get into the KTM and the Husky, and at the other end of that is the Ducati, the Motard. right? And that's kind of it, which is surprising to me because I really like that form factor.
1: That 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 style of bike is so easy to live with. I think they're lightweight, they're fun. You could do pretty much any kind of sporty riding you want to do on there. If you want to get a little bit nutty and go into gravel roads, cool, have at it. Yeah, uh, great around town, awesome to whip around. You know, I, I just
0: uh, I. You didn't see me jump the curb, so I was happy about that. <laughs> but now I know about it. Damn it, Jensen! <laughs> that's the thing. Like that bike, it, it does invite a little bit of tomfoolery, which is which is kind of what motorcycles is all about. You know, incidentally enough, that bike was traded in
1: by somebody who took home a uh, Hypermotard SP.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, I knew I knew it was a trade in. I forgot what bike it was for. See, that's very, it's very interesting to me.
1: I think uh, you could have a lot of fun on that bike because you're gonna use that bike for its intended purpose.
0: Yeah. I I mean for me, the debate the debate in my head is really the KTM versus the Ducati. Right. I really like the CRF 450L. I could get into putting wheels on it, but like at that price point with a four fifty motor, like I just Yeah, I would want a little bit more and you're paying you're paying too much. By that point, I'm paying the KTM price. You're actually getting kind of close to the Ducati price because the Ducati is like thirteen four. Yeah, for the non-SB, yeah. Yeah, for a base. And you're just like, that's always like the hard part with the 450L for me. I, the DRZs are a great bike. I'm just not, I don't want to deal with carburetors and God, I can't DR, still DRZ-ness.
1: Thing. <laughs> DRZness, but That bike hasn't changed in
0: Forever. 15 years. Forever, yeah. I've got a buddy in Santa Barbara. He's got one and it is fun to ride and it doesn't take much to like make those bikes pretty peppy and, and good. Like I'm not, I'm not going to hand the DRZ. The DRZ is a great bike, especially because yep. there's a ton of used ones out there. You can get a smoking deal on it. If you want to get into a supermoto, like not a track supermoto, but just like a form factor supermoto, right. that's the way to go. But I'm looking for a little bit more and that's where I'm coming like KTM, maybe Husky, uh, Ducati. And the thing that really fucks me up about the KTM, MSRP, $12,000. Right. And, like, they're doing some promo stuff. I think right now you can pick one up new for ten five. dollars But what kills me, and we we, we talked about this when, when I rode the Smart Pull-in, you know, that's supposed to be the premium version. That's the premium version of this 690 motor. Correct. And they wanted thirteen grand when that came out. And my review was like, you guys are crazy. This bike is, like, $10,000 tops. And now lo and behold, you know, Husqvarna in the USA is it's a ninety five hundred dollar bike now. Which makes so much more sense for Which that. Which makes bike. a ton of sense. But you know what doesn't make sense? That bike at 95 and the KTM at twelve. <laughs> so you're telling me like I gotta spend twenty five hundred dollars less for the premium version? Like that doesn't go, what? you guys are crazy. And there's nothing about those bikes that cost it. They have the same um, I mean they basically have the same suspension, they have the exact same motor, they have the exact same electronics. They're both kind of janky in terms of fit and finish. You know, they got that, like, dirt bikey feel. Right. So it's not like one's got, like, really yeah, nice Husky switches.
1: the Husky has Husky. Not Husky, I'm sorry. The
0: KTM has its KTM looks with yeah. its front end and everything. It's it's definitely but, a unique-looking bike. But there's no real reason one should cost any different than the other, especially $2,500 That's Delta. a lot. Um,
1: Somebody at KTM slash Husky needs to explain this to us. Like, where do you guys find that big of a delta between these two bikes why is one cost that much more money what's the point is it is this like a lexus versus toyota thing but if that's the case then give me more for that money
0: yeah like a lexus versus a toyota i got into it with someone about it and i'm not entirely convinced of like i get it like i get when you're on the oem side like the considerations that you're looking at when you're building the bike out and the costs and the margins and all that stuff like there's things that make sense and it makes sense from the lens of the OEM, right? And I sit there and I'm like, I listen to the argument. I've had I've had like four of these conversations in the last week, so I'm just like, I don't disagree with anything you're saying, but me as the consumer, I look at it from a different lens, and it makes no sense to me. me either, and, and it's that same thing where like I look at like the Ducati, like yeah, I can get into the base model Shaheen for fifteen hundred dollars more. That's that's insane to me, and the Ducati has so much more. It's so much more refined. It's got fifty percent more power. Yeah. It's a true like it's a true sh- bike that I could sit on and and ride all day. It's yeah. not going to vibe the shit out of me or anything. It's a very it's a proper street bike whereas the KTM and the Husky are very much like they still have a little dirt bikey roots in them.
1: Well, I mean those are dirt bikes with, you know, street tires on them exactly. whereas the exactly. Ducati was a street bike that was designed to look kind of like a hyper, hyper exactly. or a motard. You
0: do get a lot more for your dollar, especially at the, just the base model price. Mm-hmm. I think the S model, it's, it's ridiculously priced. Well, even the new base model now at least gives you adjustable suspension. You can
1: spend right. a couple hundred extra bucks and get the quick shift on there straight yeah. out of the factory. So I think, I think it's a great bang for the buck.
0: No, absolutely. I think it's, it's absolutely bang you for know, the buck.
1: Funny enough, though, Jensen, we sell the SP model. Probably five to one to the baseball. I'll believe it. And that's why I
0: said they're like seventeen two for the SP. Like yep. it's insanity.
1: I mean you get the Olin's and that, you know, March Zini setup and it's a taller bike that's it's like a, an, an inch or a two, yeah. bike. Yeah. Um you had one.
0: I had I, yeah, I had the nine three nine SP, right. which was fantastic. But like I think I think it was like two thousand dollars less than the nine fifty when I think about it, and you're like, wow.
1: Yeah. We, yeah. it's it it blows my mind every time that we sell them easily five to one. Yeah,
0: but I mean that's like a very Ducati thing. Um, riding that KTM though, oh Shaheen, yeah, you look like you're having a good old time. <laughs> I had to literally get out of there as fast as I could. I was like, I was <laughs> I'm like, about
1: to make a decision. I'm about to make a decision. I was like,
0: I could cut a check for this right now. <laughs> I could just, I could just go home with it right now. And like, oh, I send just, myself an email to text <laughs> Jensen tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I got to get out of here before I make a bad choice because I, I really, I really do think next year is going to be tough. Um, not just for asphalt and rubber, but I think for everybody, and I'm, I'm not really willing to make that that purchase decision, um, which I I hope I'm not indicative of of buyers in general in the motorcycle market because that could be a, a scary thing for the industry. Yeah, I don't know if you are yet. Uh, yeah, not yet, not right now. I'm definitely not right now. Right. Um, but I don't know. I got. I feel like my crystal ball is telling me something different. But it is a very good bike. Um very high up very dirt bikey in some ways very refined in another ways very not um I swear to God, there's a light on there for like the the neutral and the, and the high-beam lights. I'm, I'm pretty sure my 1972 VW Bug <laughs> has those exact same lights Bikes on
1: Bikes like that? I mean, it makes me think of the, the DRZ 400 SM. Yeah. Look at that dash. Like, guys, did you borrow this from the 1970s bike? Yeah. Jesus.
0: It's just like, there's some parts about it, like, that is really like, that has not aged well. That has not been massaged.
1: And and those updated. are the things that kind of bug me out because for a little bit more money, you can buy the Ducati and it's got the most modern dash on the planet right
0: it's got a nice what is it like a four and a half tft yeah. five inch tft it's, it's got big.
1: like the full all the new ducati liquid cooled bikes have the yeah. same dash base it's really good
0: and that's what i was telling i was telling someone i was like you know what i want i want that six inch tft dash that <laughs> that's on the super adventure i want that on every bike yeah every bike in the lineup 390 duke six it, inch tft it, SM- everybody CR six inch tft super dupe. you get a tft TFT. you get a tft (laughs) everybody gets a tft i mean it doesn't make like a ton of sense for some models but like that is kind of i don't know if that's like what i really really want on an smcr but something a little bit more updated than than a dash that's just literally liquid crystal display buttons from the 1970s there's like a button for the abs i'm like i'm not even sure if this thing works (laughs) the traction control looks like the um there's like a two level traction control switch that literally looks like um, like the shifters off like a shitty bicycle. You know, like that little thumb. See, unlike the BMW
1: switch. R18, this is all about the, the visceral riding experience, yeah. not the buttons.
0: Well, it's just, I, I complain about, I mean, like, someone called me out the other day, they're like, you're a dash snob, and I'm like, I am a dash snob, and it's, it's like Look what you do for a living. Your job is to nitpick this but shit. But I have weird little things that like trigger me. Like, I got like little trigger warnings, like dashes <laughs> uh, and switches and lights on on the dash you bring are, it up a are lot really like, like my like little jams those are my those are my little my, 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 ooh, where am i going those are my little like refinement tests because i have a hard time paying premium prices when the touch points the physical things that i touch and right. interact with right. are not premium and so like I, I like crf 450l totally like that but yeah it's a it's a dirt bike so you kind of get a little bit of a pass it's kind of an expensive dirt bike maybe honda you should kind of you know clean some shit up but it's at least it's a dirt bike it's a dual sport i get it. when you get over on the street side though you can't get away with that dirt bike shit anymore even if it's on a supermoto. and that's what i think what what ducati got right where they're like yep we're gonna put a premium tft dash and it took them a while the oh, 939 yeah. and the 821 last year man yeah that was one of the things when the 950 came out i was like yeah bravo thank you for finally listening I mean, they to finally me did right. yeah, exactly. they
1: finally did it on the super sport
0: right yeah exactly they finally done the super sport so like they finally, they, even they're taking a long time, but that's where it's like, Hey, these switches, these are really quality switches. You get a nice TFT dash. I can get through the menus. I got the electronics like KTM. It's like, fuck, like is the traction control on, is it off? Like, okay. Like is, if the light blinks, is that good or bad? I can't remember.
1: I think I know where you're such a stickler about the dash. I think it's because i was I was abused as a child this, well yeah, you know i'm gonna uh, I'm gonna <laughs> let you sit back on this couch and tell me all about you. I think tell me about your relationship
0: <laughs> with your computer
1: here's the thing on on the dirt or even on the track, you're not looking at anything but what's ahead of you, sure on the street, on these motorcycles that you spend anywhere from you know nine thousand to a hundred thousand dollars on. You get to touch and feel all these things that give you feedback. Mm-hmm. So the dash is a big part of it. If, if you're buying a motorcycle, a street bike that you pay attention to all the little details on and the dash doesn't look the part for what you, what you paid for it, then the value of your money to what you're looking at doesn't make sense. So if you're sitting on the street and looking down at the dash of your bike at a red light and it looks like, I don't know, like, like that R18s down there. You're going to go, ah, you know, for $20,000, I want to be able to look at something that like justifies that money I just spent on there. Yeah. So if I want to spend 10 to $14,000 on a super motard style motorcycle, and my option is either a Ducati with a really great dash on there and other blah, 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 or this KTM or that Honda that looked like to have borrowed tech from 1975, uh, it just makes it hard to, it's like, I kind of get it on the street. You pay attention to this stuff. It's in front of you. You touch it, you deal with it, you interact with it all the time.
0: Yeah one of my complaints with the husky 701 was that, like it's got like one of the worst dashes i've ever seen and you know i remember sitting there listening to the the press guy from husky being like you know the three values of Husky varner is it's scandinavian it's pioneering and it's premium and i'm like i don't know what those first two things fucking mean yeah, but, what, but, but it, i know what premium means <laughs> And there's nothing premium about this, especially this dash. This just like it just looks like a hockey puck. <laughs> and at $13,000, that's not acceptable. 9500, maybe I give it a, a pass. And that's maybe that's that thing. Maybe if maybe if the SMCr was priced 9000 something. Yeah, but how I'd much is like, a
1: 790
0: GT Duke? Oh yeah. I mean, it's ten, it's ten four, or whatever. But it, you know, it's, it's got a $10, the ten thousand dollars. It's got the thing. Yeah, it's got the thing. It's got the thing. I agree, but it's like one of the things. Like it <clears> just, <throat> it becomes so much more of an unforgivable sin at, at the price point that it's at. Where I'm just right. like twelve grand, twelve grand. I really should have a TFT dash. The fucking like you said, seven ninety Duke's got a TFT dash and it's two grand cheaper. Like come on,
1: come on. I think sixty three hundred dollars <laughs> Come on.
0: For whatever reason,
1: that that whole double dual sport. Slash, you know, motard segment has become sort of a premium segment where people are okay with paying the money to just get the experience. And, and I, you know, the, the feedback from what you touch far as buttons and dash apparently is not a thing yet. Maybe they'll address it here in the next year or so. Yeah,
0: it's like a, it's a bike that's held back by its, its history and its lineage, but it's Scandinavian, but it's, Scandinavian. well, the, the, the KT, KTM isn't, but the, the Husky is. Got it. Which, as a Scandinavian, I don't know what that means. You're, you're a hearty bunch? I mean, I do. Like, I get what they're saying when they say Scandinavian. It's a, it's, a, it's a design ethos. So, it's like, I mean, I'm trying to be kind of funny on a podcast about it. But it's like, I also don't think Husky has defined itself well enough to be able to say, oh, we're Scandinavian. Like, well, some of your stuff is. And some of your stuff is just a white KTM. <laughs> so, let's talk about that. But getting back to this bike really really good yeah and i don't think i i can stress that enough to be like the I'll, obviously i love that motor it's in my kramer I'm a, I'm a fan it's very comfortable it's got fairly good manners i don't love that magura clutch and the brakes i would want to fiddle around with the brakes a little bit but it's pretty like nine out of ten spot on ish that's pretty good pretty good the, like i was literally like only thing i would really do like i would seriously consider buying an aftermarket dash just to just to fix that <laughs> just to fix that issue but everything about it everything else is really good and it's really light and it's the suspension's great for going over stuff like i was i was hitting bumps in the road on purpose i was just like i just want to see if i can get this you know, i was
1: watching you uh, you and i were doing opposite things yes. on the road <laughs> i was trying to miss the very bumps you were aiming for
0: yeah it's um that's a fun bike i mean it's if they can figure out that pricing I think I think it's too expensive, and like that price point starts making me think about Ducatis too much. Right, it, it starts getting me into nine fifty territory. Well, also, I mean, you can get
1: on a seven ninety adventure for not that much more money. Well, that's in the other in part the KTM of it world too. World alone
0: is not that interesting. Yep, and that's an interesting competitor for it. Um,
1: I mean, I guess then their you know their argument is that this is a lighter, simpler bike for those crazy off road excursions. If you were buying the 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 actual dual purpose version,
0: yeah, I like that. This is a bike I could take to the go kart track and do $50 track days all day long. It's a bike I could take to like the West course at Thunder Hill yep. or out to ORP, you know, really tight technical mm-hmm. courses where there's a lot of elevation and, and quick cornering, uh, changes. This would be a great bike for that. If I remove that from the equation, then the 790 adventure starts making a lot of sense. Like, oh yeah. Long travel suspension, fun, peppy motor, about hundred horsepower. Right, got all the electronics, got the, the dash, dash you like. Right, uh, yeah, okay, that could be fun. And then I, you know, I, I replaced the go kart track, tight track day thing with fun gravel roads, adventure touring, yeah. moto camping, like Back there's there's, Discovery there's a little, route
1: things. Yeah, it, it's got its I own value. I really there.
0: think that should be your next motorcycle uh world. Are you literally talking yourself out of a bike sale?
1: No, I'm, I mean, I'm listen. I talk to anyone with a motorcycle. This, uh, you know, when they're looking at a motorcycle thing, you should look forward to the future. What do you think you're going to do more of? Now, realistically speaking, you've done the whole, uh you know, super motard thing. You still have one downstairs.
0: I would sell that if I got the kids.
1: Well, duh. Yeah, I, I hope you do. But I remember last year you and I were talking about the prospect of you getting a sort of like a large, you know, enduro yeah. bike. Yeah. To go out and kind of, you know, expand your motorcycling horizon as far as how far you go and the things that you do.
0: I would still do that. No, <laughs> yeah, Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Then in that case, carry on, my dear. So here's what I need. I need about 200 people to sign up yep. for a All right, guys. Come on.
1: We're getting like three to six signups
0: every week. It's been really good. It's been really good. It's been really good. You know, asking the people shall, uh, shall maybe deliver. I was like, okay, maybe some people sign up this first time. And then the second time, I was like, all right, yeah, I guess like there's some stragglers. We kind of, we kind of encourage them along. But I was like, there's no way this is a sustainable thing. And people have definitely proven nice. me wrong. I'm proud of um, you guys. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> keep it up. <laughs> this is what, this is why you go to bed at three in the morning and get woken up at 5 a.m. for uh, phone calls from other yeah, countries. I literally have gotten three hours of sleep today Shane and then I took a nap and you woke me up from my nap.
1: I did because you had said something about buying me burgers and then ah. I got here and the burgers weren't here but then we got
0: I want the record to show. Wait a
1: minute I bought you quesadillas You bought me
0: quesadillas. What the <laughs> hell? I know <laughs> <laughs> You got bamboozled. I want the record yeah. to show that I tried to make good on my burger debt. Yeah you did.
1: He tried to actually buy me a burrito and I was like I no, did no, no, try to no, buy no. the burrito as well No 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 no. You, you lost a bet on, on burgers and I want my goddamn burgers
0: No I'm fine with that. <laughs> I want fucking burgers so good. So good um. So, so we're like two bullet points in. <laughs> nice job, well done. This is typical of
1: brap talk. You know, we like to talk about one thing <laughs> ad nauseum. Somebody wrote, you know, what's the world come to when these guys talk more about the little uh one one twenty five Honda versus the BMW S one thousand R? Like, <laughs> we went on a tirade for forty five minutes on the Honda.
0: Do you want to look, ride that BMW? By the way,
1: you should ride it. I think that's going to be the really only way of giving a vehicle a fair assessment. We can look at it on pictures all day long and talk about numbers, but you're going to ride it and go. Maybe this is great, or maybe it sucks. But
0: I think you have to live with it. Yeah, I don't. I don't like the way it looks, though. It's not. It's a non-starter for me. Like in terms of buying one, Just maybe it looks, it looks better in person. That's true. I mean, like that's totally true. Like, uh, like you want to hear a story. This is not a great story. So, I don't know why. Like, I just like, let me tell you a story. Let me she, tell you a story. A about will tell I drank a glass of water. Um, it was so good. But yeah, no, I when, I when I bought my Street Fighter, I didn't go in to buy a Street Fighter. When the Street Fighter came out, I was like, that looks weird. Right. I'm not into it. I've always thought the Street Fighter genre, the shotgun exhaust and all that I was always like, that just looks weird. My it's not symmetrical. It really fucks with me. <laughs> you want to talk about Scandinavian design, yeah, right. it's not symmetrical. <laughs> Makes but, no sense. But I went in to buy a Hypermotard 1100, ah, and a I fine took, machine. It, took it for a ride uh, down at Monroe Motors in San Francisco, and went for a rip. And um, I was like, okay, that's interesting. That's cool. Right on. And then I took a speed triple out. Wow. And I was like, the speed triple's pretty rad. Speed triple's always been rad. And the guy's like, you like the Nick? Nick Heyman. He's like, hey, if you like that speed triple, have I got some to burn your Everything you should try the Street Fighter out, Oof. and I was like, fuck This Street Fighter is awesome. Still got it. I walked out of there for Street Fighter that day, uh, did not expect to go in there and get that. So, like, that you know, the, the moral of that story is one, a good salesperson can can totally upsell you. <laughs> That's that is true, <laughs> and two, it, it really is different when you see it in person. It's not nice. there are some bikes I see in photos, and I'm just like, That's a really good looking bike, and you see it in person, you're like. Oh, I can see all the warts now. And there's others who are like, that did not look good in two dimensional form. But now that I have it in 3D,
1: I'm all about it. I want to be the, you know, the eternal optimist that I always am about this bike. And I've looked at every photo of it and it just, you could tell it was designed by committee. They just kind of wanted to make the bike to, I, in my, again, I have to see it in person. I'll, I'll take it back if I, if I have to, but
0: I think it's just the headlight,
1: the, the Shaheen, right. On. It's the headlights, the way the exhaust hangs, the middle. It just kind of looks like, you know what it looks like? It looks like a horse that's kind of old and it's got sway back. Like the belly of it kind of hangs down a little bit. It just,
0: it just doesn't.
1: It doesn't make me go ooh. You know, it just makes me think of like a bike that was designed by a committee that said, "We want this bike to be a an easily accessible motorcycle, and easy to live with, easy to ride, easy to live, you know, just altogether the experience to be easy." I don't think high horsepower was the idea. I think it was meant to probably be
0: easy. Yeah, right? No for sure. There's an interesting game going on in that segment with with streetability and marketing horsepower. Right. And it's kind of like a prisoner's dilemma on where we're going with that, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you on, on the styling. Just because it's the styling's the S one thousand double R. It's like if you close your eyes and like, or if you put your hand over like the front half, that rear half, like from the center line on, that's S one thousand double R. That's all it is. It Just looks so vastly different to me for some reason. It it it's an
1: optical delusion. Delusion. I like it. <laughs> um the ktm i will to go back to that, right ah, we'll I'm back to that right <laughs> Um life's too short jensen you never know what's gonna happen tomorrow don't let 2021 you know frighten you out of getting a motorcycle uh you know shaheen because i saw you grinning through that three-quarter helmet which i cannot believe you keep wearing a three-quarter helmet i gotta stop i need to at, give you a talk of addiction
0: about um I really don't know why I'm wearing a three-quarter helmet. It's not safe. <laughs> you wear it all the time now. I'm such a full-face <laughs> helmet snob. I don't know why I'm wearing these three-quarter helmets. because you're riding ones. the cruiser.
1: I mean, like, stop wearing gear altogether. Just wear a plaid shirt and put on yeah. a leather vest. with we'll put some patches and buttons on you. Uh, what's the one? Dilligaff. You'll get a Dilligaff uh, patch on the back oh, of your things.
0: <laughs> the KTM is very good. KTM, you know, it's, it's very and, good. And, and its size is good for you. Like, you fit on it. It's very, I love that form factor. And that quick shifter is fucking spot on. Yeah. Uh, I forgot that it had the up and down quick shifter. And that was like, I was like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. I wish the Beamer had it. That's really, that's nice. Um, yeah. I don't know. No, I mean, like, I, I mean, truthfully, like, I've got, like, I got through this year because. I had a lot of cash reserve, right? and I don't have high hopes for 2021.
1: I think this is the kind of bike that you can buy and probably turn to liquid pretty quickly if you needed to.
0: Yeah. I for just, some reason,
1: that segment has maintained its value.
0: I turned 38, and I feel like I'm just adulting a little bit harder now. I know.
1: You've become this uh, this conservative... Like you're worrying about too much about what's gonna happen next year, man. This is not what motorcyclists are all about. Yeah, I, safety third, motherfucker.
0: I'll put it this way: if that bike's still there in a month, we're gonna have a real problem.
1: If that bike's there in a month. I gotta talk to with my own people.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see. That bike when it first came in, it got sold within like a week of being there. Yeah, and then the person who bought it then a month later traded it in for a Hyper because it's like oh, I need something with a bigger. There's motor.
0: not a lot of there's not a lot of those out there. It is a very. No particular bike well, let's put this way. what are you gonna give me for trading on my husky
1: oh <laughs> uh, sir i have a used bike manager for that <laughs> i'm going to the top sure i'm that? dealing with the man in charge listen i'm gonna tell my guy to take care of you right? You, you you uh you come talk to my people and will take good care of you
0: but that's the hard part i mean like it definitely would have to make room in my garage and oh yeah and stuff do. Uh,
1: but, i mean there's a there's probably two bikes down there that you're not really doing much with see you, said, you said the r1's gonna get some workouts next year though
0: the r1's worth like nothing though like the r1's like a heart like oh great you sold it you got like two thousand dollars for
1: it. hey that's two thousand dollars you didn't have laying around
0: yeah but for like two thousand bucks to have like a beater track bike that's yeah. a pretty good deal yeah I'm like, i can't go out and buy one like that yeah. um so i don't know you can take my r1 on trade in too no i can't <laughs> do shit with that bike <laughs>
1: That bike goes straight to uh, auction. <laughs> Although I bet if we had listeners who want a badass leader bike for a track bike,
0: it looks really bad. It is very uh, good it's mechanically, like bad to the bone. <laughs> it's like that. I put a paint job on that thing. And the value goes up like hundred ten percent. You
1: literally just go uh, buy a new set of shark skins for a couple hundred bucks, and the value goes straight up. I don't even
0: need to buy new shark skins. <laughs> just paint the ones that are on there. Uh, take that stupid skull wrap off of it. Oh uh, my goodness. 2003 called. They want their wrap back. <laughs> I think I actually did wrap it in 2000. No, it's a, it's a 2004 bike, so I wrapped it in like 2006. All
1: right. I was three years off, but you know.
0: <laughs> that wrap comes with an
1: icon uh, vest that you wear on the outside of your jacket. <laughs> not, not a vest,
0: just a back protector. Just, just a back protector. Oh my goodness. Um We kind of already teased it. ZX-10R came out. now the whole. RR. And the RR. Not really... RR. I mean, the Euro 5, so that's kind of cool. Um, they didn't lose any power, so that's good. Really ugly But What do you think though. of that front end? Really ugly. Is
1: that, is that Kawasaki's new design language? That, it really that, is. That H2R front end? It
0: really is. They took the H2R, but and even they that, put it on the 400. It's a five-year-old design. And they put it on the 600, and now they're putting it on 1,000. <sighs> and they just sit there and are just like, did no one tell you it was ugly the first time around?
1: It just looks like an alien from like Independence Day, and I want to shoot it. I don't hate it, hate
0: it, but I just sit there and like, that's just a really...
1: I bet it rides pretty well. I mean, I've never ridden the ZX10. Well, actually, once upon a time in 2005, I rode a ZX10 and scared the fuck out of me. But other than that... That bike was a crazy bike. That bike was insane. But like Kawasaki's just ride well. I like the way they ride. Every time I've ridden one, I've been happy on it. It's It's a
0: good bike. It's... I don't think it's the best one on the market. It's one of the better Japanese bikes. I don't know. It's just... Well now, oh man, where would it be in the in the slot now? I'd probably, I'd probably put it above the Jixer.
1: If Kawasaki, I put this on your asphalt and rubber Facebook commentary. If anyone from Kawasaki is listening to me, if you would just take that like nineteen ninety nine uh, ZX seven R, looks, kind of modernize it a little bit and put that as the new ZX ten double R, it would sell like crazy, because that was a pretty bike. We yeah. just we just talked about it last week. It was like the last of the pretty bikes.
0: Yeah, it's pretty that's a pretty iconic bike. Um
1: make it that green white with the purple and oh man, just bring it back.
0: It's interesting to me that it's 2021 and we're updating this bike. And this bike got an update in 2019. Huh. So this bike has been basically stagnant since like twenty sixteen. Are they going back to their two year cycles at Kawasaki? I think Kawasaki Kawasaki I think is doing what they're doing so they can win World Superbike. There's enough changes in the 10 R that they can keep Jonathan Ray doing the thing. Um They're not letting it go super stagnant, but they're also not bringing out brand new, th- brand new shit. Right. Um, and I think that's because. Yeah,
1: because this bike's not all new. It's just got all new plastics.
0: Oh, excuse me. Mountain Dew ran out. Uh-oh. Very little of it is all new same basic motor there's some minor 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 changes uh different gearing um for second third i think are shorter uh it's got an oil cooler that's independent of uh the radiator hmm. it's like just it's just a kind of a different setup for the oil cooler um what else do they have? It's got TFT dash now, which is great. Hey, of, welcome. Know, go back into the dash now. Like that was one of the worst dashes in the super bike oh, market. What?
1: And they put that dash on there from like 2004. It's a long time of that. <laughs> and they're like, fine. 2004 is a cool dash. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's it What's You, it a cool you dash can in you see the
1: if the sun was ever so slightly <laughs> behind you, you can see shit. You
0: could see shit. You really couldn't see shit. It's
1: like my Aprilia. You can't really see much when the sun hits it. Uh,
0: uh, yeah. Um so it's 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 just enough changes i mean the 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 other thing was like they did chassis changes it's got a longer swing arm it's got a different um offset for the forks which changes the trail they lower the swing arm pivot by a millimeter oh, that's some changes that's proper so changes they did, they did changes. some stuff like that's what i'm saying like they're doing some changes that like are probably coming straight from Jonathan Ray and be like hey we need this to win and they're like cool yeah we'll do that so i
1: guess once they do that to the rr the r also gets it it's Yeah. Just, it's just easier to the machine all of them
0: yeah the only real differson's difference, difference oof, the only real differences between the two bikes is some engine internals. Okay. And um, the wheels, I
1: think, probably one's got... And the
0: wheels. That's That would be the other big one. Listen, Honda,
1: when you make an upscale version, put the goddamn forged wheels on there. But that <laughs> RR is going to be like
0: 29 grand. <laughs> Yeehaw.
1: Yeah. Boy, that $28,500 V4S suddenly seems like
0: reasonable. Uh, if, it, if it was my dollars... Kawasaki z x10 double r versus Honda c b r one thousand triple r r r r totally good in the Honda totally good in the Honda really oh yeah I mean they're basically a thousand dollar difference that's why I don't that's why it's such an easy choice for yeah, me yeah
1: but the, you have to spend that extra thousand plus dollars to change the wheels in the fucking Honda yeah I'm okay with
0: it really yeah it'd be a more expensive bike I'm still okay with it uh- I thought but thirty thousand dollars I'm okay with I'll it. I'll say this I'm Honda okay with better the bike that it does everything better in my opinion yeah. having not ridden I haven't ridden the new one yet but i've ridden the previous generation which this is basically the same thing as mm. and i would just sit there like yeah honda's better bike
1: okay. i think it's time for another uh, big shootout
0: uh, fuck me this fucking last death match just about killed me
1: i'll help you you know i'll bring you drinks and stuff. <laughs> i got zero technical know-how <laughs> I'll get stand that. there and be like, well, that green one's pretty, but that red one's prettier. And have you seen a Ducati? Because I sell those. They're way better.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. I know which one's <laughs> going to win.
1: Get you a price. I know you're checking out the Honda versus the Suzuki, Yama, and the uh, Kawasaki, but have you seen the Ducati? Look we'll at that Andy Debrino kid. He'll do all the hard work. He will happily. And Hannah Johnson will probably write a couple of them for you. Who? It's this girl that we know. She's like one of our sisters. You know, we, we didn't want a sister, but we got
0: one. Super bratty, really oh, fast. So fucking bratty. Oh really fast on the track, though. Oh, I, she's really into bird watching. True story. Wait, do you?
1: Oh, I thought you were just flipping her off constantly.
0: No, no. True story. The the girl likes her birds, and they have this bird game. It's like a bird watching bird what? game. <laughs> I'm over there, and we're playing it. And you know what the sad part is? It's actually a pretty fun game. <sighs> I think I know why I'm not invited to these things because i just be making fun of you guys the whole time. <laughs> just sitting there, I'm just like, there's like a, like a very visceral moment where I'm like, I'm intently trying to win the bird watching game because the last thing I need to hear. From from Miss Hannah Johnson is Aww, if she I you. Uh, beat you uh, on the racetrack and on the bird watching game, huh? Uh, but the thing of it oh, is, why that's like a Fargo accent. I know it's, <laughs> Hannah, you're from the Dakotas. Eh? Oh yeah,
1: sure. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. <laughs> you betcha. Oh, I go faster than you all day long. <laughs>
0: oh, I saw the uh, the crow over there. He was eating the uh, uh, the garbage uh, you out you know of the can. You know what they say when there's more than two or three of them? It's called a murder. It's a murder. You put them in the chipper too. <laughs> that's a murder as well.
1: <laughs> you know what? A lot of people don't know about you is that you are a rabid. Um, like insanely competitive board games no board games in general <laughs> I am I'm I horrible. have never heard your voice hit so many higher octaves than I thought you could possibly hit I've lost at least three friendships over board game competitiveness I, <laughs> I actually believe you when you first told me that I'm like it can't be that bad and I played with you I'm like man I'm about to kick you out of this house I
0: really like to win board <laughs> games
1: I'm gonna die alone, Gene. <laughs> Just don't play board games with your future <laughs> spouse. Hey, honey, you wanna
0: play Uno? Don't do it. Not even it. Uno. Oh, Not even s- Uno. Monopoly. Oh, God. A game that's already designed to ruin your friendships. Oh, oh savagery. Monopoly. Fast track to savagery. Oh, uh, where are we? You you sent a question out to, to the listener. Oh. Oh, okay, let me back this up. Okay. We've got it. like 15, 20 minutes left to show. Nice. Do you want to talk about the, the gear thing or do you want to just stop here? <coughs> Get it out, buddy. Okay. So we
1: put out a couple questions to our listeners last week. Yeah. Which by the way, was really last week. It, was it, was a week, really, it, it wasn't
0: really, it was like four or yeah, five just days ago. You. We have not even hit seven days yet. No. Code I don't even, even know what's yet. going on right now.
1: I don't understand what's happening.
0: I'm pretty sure pain me helps make you're it. Riding, a, I mean,
1: this is the world we live in and you're, you're riding a <laughs> cruiser around. We're doing a weekly
0: podcast. I got KTMs to buy, people. (laughs) I'm not saying I'm money-focused, but I got KTMs to buy. (laughs) Uh,
1: So the question I put out last week was, um, what kind of gear do you like to wear? Do you wear textile, synthetic, or do you wear leather, and why? And the answers were more or less how I thought they would be. It was kind of like where you and I are at, where it's sort of of 50-50, but I thought it would be more 50-50. It's actually more leaning towards textile. A lot of our listeners are... You know, wearing textile, especially the people that live in the southern part of the country, because it's so hot. Leather is just painful to wear. Uh, We had some listeners talk about, you know, wearing, I would say, cheaper quality stuff. I don't want to name any brands here, but uh, you can buy them at Cycle Gear. Um, And, you know, them sort of falling apart. And that's, you know, you kind of get what you pay for. But, you know, some of the newer stuff is designed to be a, a lot more abrasion resistant than the old stuff used to be. They don't fall apart anymore. I don't think mesh is really a good idea because I've never seen mesh not fall apart. I don't care what brand you're buying. Um, so a lot of great feedback. Um, a lot of people gave us you know little voicemails that I got to listen to, which was amazing. So, um, I have a we gotta we gotta
0: not do that on Instagram next time so we can actually incorporate actually them into record. the show. Yeah,
1: we have people that did it on Facebook. We got emails and Instagram.
0: Oh, you should send me. E- we should have sent me the email once because uh, we could have done that. The, the
1: emails we got one guy from Texas who's oh, dude, he rides a motus. Oh, really? And he said if we end, ever end up in the DFW area, he'd let us ride it. What <laughs> a sucker you I've, are! You
0: gotta let me ride your motus. I've ridden the motus. That's an interesting that bike. like no
1: ABS, no traction. It's just a hot rod motor in the middle. Yeah, I really and like Lee and
0: Brian. I was really sad to see them there. I hated uh, seeing that brand go away. That production uh, shut down. Um.
1: They were about to make a roadster? Oh, that would have been such a cool roadster bike. would have been rad.
0: Oh, roadster should have been the first bike they built.
1: It is, especially with that motor. Yeah, it's interesting that they decided to go for like this sport
0: touring style as opposed to just a fire breathing roadster. I mean, I think there's a there's a, there's an argument there. I don't I don't think it's a misstep per se. I don't think it's the step I would have made. But the hard thing with what they were trying to do, which was like the um uh, hold on one second, let me take this phone call. Ooh, phone call middle of the podcast. Maddie, uh, you're on my podcast. <laughs> What's up, sir? 45 minutes later. Hey Shaheen, we're back. What were we talking about? One hour (laughs) later, and now I have to go. I have to go in like twenty minutes, so we need to wrap this up. Got shit to do, man. It's dark out. It's six forty in the afternoon. I got a busy day, man. What can I say? You want weekly podcasts? This is what happens. I got
1: babies to shake and (laughs) cans to kiss. Wait, what? You heard me.
0: (laughs) Um, My Fanta's finished. You know, all I got to say about the gear thing: get an airbag. We need to get you an airbag. I I do need to get an airbag. But <laughs> e,
1: here's the thing. Realistically, airbags are still very expensive for the average buyer. And and you know, the more I've been in retail, the more I realize that people like to kinda I don't know, kinda prioritize where their money goes, right? You can tell somebody until you turn blue in the face that, like, listen, man, an eight hundred dollar airbag is cheaper than seven
0: hundred. Seven hundred right, seven
1: hundred six ninety nine for the Alpine Star or the and Say actually. But basically that is cheaper than any hospitalization period full stop oh
0: my my, uh my what's my what's my stupid co-payment deductible it's like $1,500 deductible my maximum yearly is like 7,000 like no-brainer what the airbag does for you the
1: thing is you can say that all day long but because it's not it's not tangible right it's like telling somebody this and I say it to everybody and I, I know it sounds salesman like but I just dealt with it last week again You buy a used vehicle, you don't buy the warranty, especially if it's a reasonable price, you are taking a chance. You're you're putting the bet there saying nothing's going to happen in the future with this vehicle. And if something happens, I'm willing to take that chance and we'll pay for whatever the fuck comes along. On a more severe incident or version of this is the airbag. I am willing to take a chance to say that like in my riding career, because I think I have full control of everything around me all the time that I'm probably never going to need an airbag. And so if it comes to that, then I'm willing to take the risk. And I've heard stupid shit like, well, if I get hit that hard, I'm probably just going to want to die anyways. I don't want – like, no, dude. <laughs> oh, Jesus. We Any of us that have written for – and this goes with the same like, – I, I had two so, crashes this year. So on the warranty thing, right, as long as I'm making the, the connection to the two of them, a lot of people say – I've heard this sentence so many times in the last 18 years. If something's going to go wrong with a bike, it's going to happen in the first one or two years of it. Like, by what – fucking math are you going to say that that's going to happen in the first two years of it you mean the metals and all the plastics and all the shit that they put together that's going to break down five six ten years from now is going to break down in the first one or two years so people have these weird ways of like prioritizing where they want to spend their money if you can't show somebody facts if you can't be like hey i guarantee you're going to fall down or you're going to your bike's going to blow up or someone's going to hit you, then they're not going to be like, well, yeah, you're right. I totally need the warranty or, yeah, I totally need the airbag, which is a warranty. You're essentially buying a guarantee that says, I'm going to be less hurt if I have this airbag on. I fully believe in the whole thing. I'm actually buying one for myself here because there's no reason not to. $700, even though it's a lot of ch- change right up front, is so much cheaper than, than anything that could happen to you. Yeah. and. I- and, you know, like you can buy a full, honestly, up, up until a couple of years ago, your your most advanced option for, you know, more protection was to get basically like a vest, a, you know, a, a, a spine protector, a chest protector. And a lot of people still do that. It's it's way better than nothing. But, you know, it's like $150 for one of those or $600 for an airbag. Dude, put your money away for a little bit. Get that airbag. It's just not that that much money. It, it It is. If you really wanted to put it down and be like, oh, seven, $700 is a lot of money. I know it is. But on the other side, on the flip side, if something was to happen to you, knocking on wood, that, that never happens to anyone, but I am not brave enough to put a wager against my personal safety, Right? Mm -hmm. I work in the industry, and I still buy the warranty for the bike. So the reason I keep bringing this up is this. If something happens to the motorcycle, it's not your fucking life. It's just an inconvenience that a motorcycle broke. If it's out of warranty, you have to pay for it, and that, that inconvenience adds a lot of frustration. I see it happen daily for a lot of customers that don't want to buy that thing. And so that... I am chicken shit enough to say, I don't want to take that wager even though I work in the industry. So I'm going to buy the warranty. So it comes the same thing with the airbag. The more I think about it, the more I realize I am too chicken shit to take the wager of saying, I'm going to take a chance on my personal safety because I think I'm a good enough writer and I know I'm a good enough writer, but shit happens, man. So yeah, absolutely. I'm getting an airbag. I'm actually buying one next week. I think with
0: the good that you're doing that, we should talk. Um, I think the fact, like, I can kind of understand if someone's like, "Hey, like, airbag jacket's like thousand dollars, right?" I don't have a thousand dollars, and then I'm going to have that jacket, and maybe I want to wear a different jacket or have different styles. It's hot, it's summer, it's winter, it's rainy, it's it's dry. You know, you're you're changing up a little bit, and now you're kind of like locking yourself in. What I really right. like about the Dynes and the Alpine Stern systems is it works with jackets you already have. Yep, you can wear it with. Like I've worn my, I have the Dainese Smart Jacket, which is a vest. So don't understand that name, but Smart Vest, Smart Vest. Um, but I've worn that with with three different jackets. Now. Yeah, is that the one you have wear, been wearing on the outside now? Well, I mean that's one of the things <laughs> I'm discovering. And I'm, and I'm I'm supposed to get the Alpine Star Systems pretty Alpine Star System pretty soon. The okay. Tech Air um, uh, vest that they have. And what I'm noticing is like they're like, oh, you need to have like I forget what the it's like two centimeters of of Oh, like three like between right, right, right. in your jacket. And I'm like all the way all the way around your body, I'm like, you know what that is? That's a jacket that doesn't fit you right. No. I don't own any jackets that yeah, are too especially big. Especially if you're a large,
1: right? I want you to buy an extra large.
0: Yeah. And so like if I already had one of those and I was out buying a jacket, maybe then yeah, I'd buy the bigger jacket knowing that I'm gonna fill it up with this vest. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't have that. All the jackets I own are very snug and form fitting because I bought them. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what they're supposed to do. They fit right. me correctly without right. something underneath them. Um, so that's why like I do like the Dynese system because it is designed to be worn on the outside. Um and that's and that's the only option that's really available to me. It looks a little weird on some of the jackets and it looks kinda cruisery on some other ones. Maybe I gotta get some patches on it or something. <laughs> I don't know. But I do like the idea like I can take that, I can make that seven hundred seven hundred dollar investment and wear it with multiple jackets that I already own. Right. And that, and it kind of distributes that cost. Yeah, it really does. Um so I do I do think that technology, you know, it's it's coming along. It's really coming along in terms of its usefulness and it's just in the last couple of
1: years to watch it become more compact and even in between the first health.
0: generation of the smart jacket and the second generation, just where they've put the electronics and stuff and how it fits is ex- is a lot better. Yeah. Um, before like you could feel the canister in the small of your back. Now it's more on the sides, uh, and you don't notice it at all. Yeah. I'm um, really curious to see what the Alpine Star system is is like. I'll definitely do a a side by side comparison between the two on asphalt and rubber. Um, but like from a technology point of view, people should be wearing airbags, and now with the the vest systems that are coming out, there's no excuse not to, in right. my opinion.
1: And I think I was reading that the at least on the Alpine Star side that it'll now have both street and track ability yes
0: Yes. that's huge that's cool that's amazing that's that's a big deal so um i don't care where you land too much on the fabric or textile versus leather but i definitely land on the airbags for all of them airbag for sure yeah i don't think i've seen you without an airbag since they came out it's i i have but it's very rare it's very rare. Like I didn't wear one for the Trail 125, partially because we had an off-road section and I didn't want to have to risk an accidental <laughs> deployment. Um and I had to do carry-on luggage and I can't bring the airbag carry-on, I have to check it. Right. Um so that's one instance where I didn't. There's been a couple others, but I really Yeah, you'd be hard pressed to find me without an airbag these days. Apparently you wear a three quarter helmet though. I gotta stop doing that too. It's the same. <laughs> I mean, like truthfully, like I don't really I'm slightly aware that some people buy gear based on what they see people like me wearing in photos, I, I think and so. I really would hate for someone to buy a three quarter helmet because they see me in one. Um, I really think everyone should wear full face helmets, and I've been a bad role model in that in that regard.
1: Bad Jensen, no donut.
0: Yeah, uh, without Shane, we got to get out of the show. Well,
1: I, I got I got one one question. I want to oh, ask geez. another question from oh, my, our buyers. We're going into the holiday season, oh, okay. and so the question that I have, and again, I would love to have it whether in written or, or uh, expressed word spoken word format what do you think is the best holiday gift to give to your beloved motorcyclist
0: more motorcycles
1: or an AR pro uh, account oh wait uh, hey, look at you like that no but seriously what is what do you think is your best uh motorcycle gift mm. um i bought myself a new lego kit it's a motorcycle, the, the Ducati Panigale V4R one. That's fun for a rainy day. It's super cool, man. I've, I've probably spent th- three hours on it now, and it's got another three hours to go. Okay. Super fun. Great for a rainy day.
0: Uh, that was like 70 bucks. I'm going to have to think about what my gift would be. I'll, I'll save that for next show. Mm, nice. Uh, so
1: That's what I want to hear from our, our uh, fellow listeners. Okay. Do you have a... Um, so if anybody signs... We've been having people sign up. It's been good. Pretty regularly.
0: That's amazing. Do
1: you have any uh, shout-outs for, I do. for
0: recent sign-ins? I have three, I have three shout-outs, Shane. Okay. Uh, big shout-out to Ian. Ian, my man. Big shout-out to Stuart. Stuart! Stewie! Stuart! don't know if he goes by Stewie or Stuart. I like Stuart
1: only because of uh, Letterkenny and there's a character named Stuart and the way they, his buddy calls him is Stuart!
0: See, I'm more of a family guy, Stewie. Oh. Yeah, he's my favorite character in Family Guy. Uh, Stewie is terrifying. Yeah. Uh and Dawn. Dawn.
1: Dawn. Dawn with the wind. Dawn with the wind. I don't think that's Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Dawn is Dawn brothers. under.
0: Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Crocodile Dawn D. Oh, what? What? Snickety Snaps. That's yeah. man. those those uh gentlemen definitely stepped up to the nice. cause this well week. Done. Uh this episode is brought to you by them.
1: Thanks, guys. <laughs> Much appreciated. Stuart and Dawn. Way to get it done. Way to get it done. I can't stop.
0: <laughs> it's it's too. It's you know what? Safety first. Make good stop. choices. Get me the fuck out of here. Good talk to you out there. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye. You don't do you like a Danish? Not really. Oh, Okay. Well, you really sticking to your guns. Like Danish with the warm
0: girls, food. yeah, but not not as food. What about a just take that there, as bro. you will. <laughs> I'm gonna stop right there. <laughs>